you this morning to the Lord's house. We're glad that you are here today on this beautiful and crisp winter morning. And as we come to the Lord's house on this day specifically, we want to express to each one of you a very blessed Christmas time. And what better way to begin and to spend your Christmas day in the house of God with the Lord's people, for we are the family of God our brothers and sisters in the Lord. So you're all very, very welcome. We're going to begin our service, please, by singing a well-known Christmas carol, the first Noel's, number 98 in your hymnal. Let's stand, please, as we worship.
Amen. Please be seated. Let's take a moment now and just still our hearts before the Lord and bring this service to Him in prayer and seek for His face and blessing upon our entire day. Our loving God and our gracious Father, we bow today in that name that is above every other name, the name of our Lord and Savior. We rejoice today that He is alive and lives in the power of an endless life, and that our joy today is to take a moment to reflect and to think upon the great wonder of the birth of our Lord and Savior. And Father, today I pray that as we think on these thoughts and let them sink into our minds more deeply, we will come with great admiration and praise. We will lift our hearts this morning with thanksgiving and worship. Dear Lord, draw near to us this day. Give us the help of the Spirit of God to read and to pray, to sing, to listen to the Word of God. We are very thankful for being in Your house today, a brand new Lord's Day, a new opportunity to lift our hearts and our voices in praise. We're thankful for everyone gathered in the meeting this morning. We're thankful for the boys and girls, for the youth that will be taking part in singing, reciting the Scripture. And dear Lord, may just every heart be thankful and be appreciative of life, of health, of strength, whatever measure that might be to each one of us. Yet, Lord, we acknowledge not only temporal blessings, but we acknowledge more than anything else the great spiritual rewards that we have been given, the blessing of knowing that our sins have been forgiven, that we have a home in heaven, that we know that all is well with our souls. And yet, Father, in the midst of these spiritual things that we know are facts in our own life, yet still we have to live life. And Lord, we have to face whatever trials and difficulties and challenges may come. But I pray that in the midst of it all, we will rejoice and count our many blessings. We'll be thankful, Father, for all that you've given to us. We are a blessed people beyond all estimation. We're thankful for each one gathered in today. Bless every heart. Open souls, Lord, today to your truth. We think not only of those in the meeting in person, but those watching online, some who are shut in, who can't get out to the house of God. We pray for those in our own fellowship that are sick, needing a touch from your hand, some with long-term illnesses, Lord, draw near to them and encourage their hearts this very morning. The joy of Christ be their portion. Lord, bless them and be with them. So hear our prayers today. Receive our thanksgiving for all your mercies and kindnesses to us. We ask this today in our Savior's precious name. Amen. Let's continue, please, in our worship this morning by singing Psalm 100. You'll find the psalms at the back of our book and the words behind me on the screen. Let's stand, please, to sing. (laughs) 
Please turn with me for our congregational reading to Matthew's Gospel, chapter 1. Matthew, chapter 1. We're going to read from verse 18 down to the end of the chapter. Of course, the entire context of Matthew, chapter 1, it deals with the generations of Joseph, starting all the way back from the beginning, the generations of Jesus Christ. And as we pick up the account here in verse 18, it is the word that the angel spoke to Joseph, to Mary. Verse 18, now the birth of Jesus Christ was on this wise when, as his mother Mary was espoused to Joseph, before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Ghost. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man and not willing to make her a public example, was minded to put her away privily or secretly, privately. But while he thought on these things... Behold, the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a dream, saying, Joseph, thou son of David, fear not to take unto thee Mary thy wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost. And she shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus for he shall save his people from their sins. Now all this was done, that it might be fulfilled which was spoken of the Lord by the prophet, saying, Behold, a virgin shall be with child, and shall bring forth a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which being interpreted is God with us. Then... Joseph, being raised from sleep, did as the angel of the Lord had bidden him, and took unto him his wife, and knew her not, till she had brought forth her firstborn son, and he called his name Jesus. May the Lord bless to all our hearts today again very familiar but so precious reading of the Word of God, and that would encourage your own hearts today. Very happy that you're here in the Lord's house this morning, and we want to give you a warm and a special word of welcome today. We have several visitors in our congregation this morning, and we're very happy that each one of you are here today. We want to encourage you in the Lord. We're very happy that we have uh, Alwyn, and his dear wife back with us again in the service. Uh, Alwyn broke his ankle uh, some weeks ago, and it was a very bad fracture, and he had to have operation and surgery, but we're happy that he's able to be with us today, and his dear wife, so we're happy that you folks are with us here. It's good to see uh, Jane with us this morning. You're very welcome. Happy to have you here. And, and also Tim and Donica in the service this morning, all the way from New Brunswick. These folks moved down there over a year ago now, but we're happy they're home to see the family over the holidays. And uh, 
others. If I don't have your name, it does not mean you're equally as welcome. We're happy that you are all here today, and we want to extend to all of you an invitation to remain behind today. We're going to be having an international lunch, a Christmas lunch, right after the morning service in the basement of the church, and you are all very, very welcome to stay with us. And if you didn't come prepared for that, well, don't worry. You're able to stay anyways and enjoy uh, all the good things that are prepared. These international lunches are something that we missed during our COVID times, and everyone was saying, when are we going to have another one of these? And so it's always a joyful time of fellowship, and we're happy that you're here. Nagwa and Maurice, we also welcome them today in our service. Where are you? Where, where did I see you? There you are right there. Okay, very good to have you folks in the service today as well. Uh, these are good friends of our congregation, and we love to see all these ones able to come back and have fellowship with us today. Do please remember in prayer our sister Rhea Lewis. She just got news about her mom over in Holland had a, had a bad fall and broke her hip, and uh, she is not able to have surgery because of a heart condition, and they won't operate on her, and she's 94 years old, and it's very difficult as she's so far away from her dear mom. And do remember Rhea and her mom in your prayers. And, uh, but thankfully, she's very sharp, and that's a good blessing. Uh, we are thankful my own mom is very sharp as well, mentally, and it's good to have that. And, uh, and so it's, it's a blessing to know even when ones get a bit older, they still have their wits about them. Sometimes as people get a bit older, they say, oh, I'm having a senior moment, and I can't remember what I came to do. You walk into the kitchen to get something, and uh, you can't remember what it was. You have to go back to the room you came from to think, figure out what it was you were supposed to get. I'm getting many of those myself these days, and uh, so I'm, it's not very encouraging. And uh, you have to turn around and shake your head and think, what am I doing here? And they go back and figure it out again. Uh, nonetheless, it's part of the aging process that we all have to deal with sooner or later. And Dr. McClellan would often say, I am no longer, I'm not getting old. I am old. And so that's something that maybe we're all going to experience a bit too uh, soon. So you're all very welcome today. We're glad that you are here. We are going to have an afternoon praise service at 2.30 this afternoon following our lunchtime. And uh, others who might be online or if you're not able to be at the morning service, you're welcome to come to the afternoon praise service. And we will not be having an evening service tonight, so just please take note of that. And there will be no uh, midweek services or meetings this week. Everyone's going to have a good break to be with their family and with their friends between Christmas and New Year's. However, next Lord's Day, January the 1st, I want to bring you a motto text for the incoming year, the first Lord's Day in the morning service, and then we will be meeting around the Lord's table for communion immediately following the morning service next Lord's Day. And in one advance notice that has to do with our January congregational week of prayer, it's the last full week of January, the 23rd to the 27th, and we have normally planned a baptismal service on the Wednesday evening. And if the Lord has been speaking to your heart about baptism, no matter what age you are, if you have trusted the Lord as your Savior, then you know it's necessary to follow Him in obedience 
uh, being baptized. And we encourage you to think that more seriously. Speak to me if you are able to, or one of the elders, and we'll be sure we contact you about that. Well, it's a joy that we have our boys and girls from the Sunday school and our young adult class, and uh, they're going to come now and minister to us in song and also reciting the Scripture.
David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be taxed with Mary and his spouse's wife, being great with a child. And so it was that while they were there, the days were accomplished that she should be delivered. And she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them to be in. And there were in the same country shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were sore afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you. Ye shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men.
Well, let me say a word of thanks to our boys and girls from the Sunday school who have sung for the Lord's glory and recited those scriptures. They are very excellent. And uh, a word to all of our teaching staff and a thanks to them for the work that they have invested. And to our young adults, we appreciate the ministry and song that you have brought today. And we trust the Lord will bless all of these things to your heart. Let me remind you about our Bible reading schedule and program that we have for 2023. Uh, some of our own folks have already got these. We uh, distributed them last Lord's Day, but if you would like to get one, there are a few left at the back, and if you run out of them, you just give your name, uh, let uh, someone know there who's giving them out of the door, and we'll be sure that you get one. It's good to follow through a daily Bible reading habit and pattern and uh, to meditate on the Lord on a regular basis. I was very happy that Mrs. McClellan was back at the organ today and that she hasn't forgotten how to ride her bicycle. Usually when you start off and you haven't ridden for a while, well, uh, we're thankful that she's able to step in today and play again. Uh, Mrs. Kim and Mr. Kim, Reverend Kim, are down in the States visiting their family uh, today. Let me ask you please now to turn in your Bibles to the Gospel of John, chapter 1. John's Gospel, chapter 1. reading from the opening verse down to verse 14. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. In Him was life, and the life was the light of men. And the light shineth in darkness, and the darkness comprehended could not hold it down. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. The same came for a witness to bear witness of the light, that all men through him might believe. He was not that light, but was sent to bear witness of that light. That was the true light which lighteth every man that cometh into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made by him, and the world knew him not. He came unto his own, and his own received him not. But as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name, which were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. And the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld His glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Would you join with me, please, for a word of prayer. 
Father, as we have this Word open now, and we continue in our service of worship, thankful for the boys and girls, thankful for our young adults. Dear Father, pour out Your Spirit upon them, we pray. Lead them in their lives. Direct them in the center of Your divine purpose. And Lord, take now, we pray, the Word that we have read. Write its truth upon every heart. Hear our prayer. Bless us now. In Jesus' holy name we pray. Amen. Boys and girls, I want to draw your attention and speak to you for just a few moments in the introduction of the message today. And I know you're scattered all around the church now as you're back with your mums and dads. But you've just been singing and reciting the Scripture about the Bible story of the birth of Jesus, the Son of God, who came into this world for a purpose. He came to die in the place of sinful people. That's you and me and all of us. And so that we might be forgiven of our sins and have a place in heaven to go when we leave this earth, when we die. The Lord Jesus was known by some different names in the Bible. Well, when He was born in Bethlehem, He was called the baby Jesus, and the Lord told Joseph and Mary that His name would be called Jesus for a purpose, because His name would mean He will be a Savior. That's the meaning of the name Jesus. But He was also called Messiah, which means anointed one. He was called the Savior, the Lamb of God, and you will see that on the wall right behind me. He was called the Son of David. He was also called the Son of Man, and many, many other names that all referred to, and they all spoke about, different parts of the life, different parts of the work that the Lord Jesus came to do. It all tells us something about who He is and what He was on the earth for. Now, when we come to John's Gospel, and we have read in the opening chapter, there is another name that is given to the Lord Jesus. It says in the opening verse, in the beginning was the Word. And the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Now, when Jesus is called the Word, it sounds rather strange to us. We couldn't imagine calling a son or a daughter or having a brother or sister called, what's your name? Well, my name's Word. That would be very strange to us. No, but it wasn't strange to the Lord. It wasn't strange to the Holy Spirit that told John what to write down. That was a very, very important name. And it has a meaning. And the meaning is that God wanted 
to tell this world about why His Son was coming. He wanted to tell the world all that was necessary for the world to know about who they were and who God was and how a boy or a girl would be able to go to heaven when they die. And so the word, that name that was given to Jesus, it was a way of God saying, all that I have to tell you, I am going to tell you through my only begotten Son. And that is the message of the gospel. And so when John the Apostle wrote his, his epistle, his gospel, in verse 14, it says, And the Word, Jesus, was made flesh. It means that He was born as a human being in Bethlehem. And John said, He dwelt. He lived among us. And we looked at Him. We beheld His glory. The glory of the only begotten of the Father. He was full of grace. He was full of truth. In other, in other words, everything that God the Father wanted to communicate to this world of all His love, of all His grace, of everything that is truthful, He was speaking that and He would say that through His Son and what Jesus came to earth to do and how we can know God when we know and believe. You see, boys and girls, this is the message of the gospel, and it means good news. And it's the good news of salvation. It's the good news of how we who are broken by our sin and condemned to a lost eternity, how we can be united, joined to God, and how we can spend eternity with Him forever and forever. Oh, this is very, very good news today. And so to the boys and girls and to everyone in the congregation, I want to speak to you today about Christ, the Word of God. And I want you to think more deeply about the great mystery of how God came down to be born a man. He took on human flesh he became a human being in order that we might have a, li a living relationship with Him forever and forever. And this is the message of the gospel. The first thought I leave with you this morning is this. I want you to think about the wonder, the amazement of the Word made flesh. You see, in the birth of the Lord Jesus, the divine God became a human. He took on human nature. And in that sense, the eternal God was clothed with a body. And He made Himself subject to time and space. God made Himself known in different ways to the Old Testament people. Sometimes He would show Himself to prophets by dreams, 
as he did to Joseph. When he was communicating to Joseph about the birth of Jesus, Joseph was asleep. He was having a dream, and God was speaking to him in that way. Other times in the Old Testament would be by a vision. Sometimes God would speak openly to his prophets. There were visible signs that God was directing his people. Do you remember when they were at the edge of the Red Sea? They couldn't go forward, couldn't go backward because of Pharaoh's armies. They couldn't go east or west. There's only one way, and God said to Moses, Speak unto the people of Israel that they go forward. And so he spread the Red Sea, divided it apart. A great sign to show that God was with his people. Another great example of the Lord making himself known was in the tabernacle in the wilderness that they built. And by the glory that God shone forth, As he showed the people, I am with you, in the daytime there was a cloud, in the nighttime there was a fire. And the Lord led his people through the 40 years, and all the way down, all these different methods, until it came the time when the Word would be made known in human flesh. And we are told, in the fullness of time, God sent forth His Son, made of a woman, made under the law, to redeem them that were under the curse of the law. And so, God showed His hand many different ways throughout the Old Testament, right down. And when you think of all the ways that God revealed Himself in the sacrifices, that were offered by the Old Testament people. And when they offered a sacrifice, it was giving a message. And the message was this. The message was, the innocent will die for the guilty. Because those animals that were taken from the flocks and herds that they had, those animals never did any sin. They were innocent. And yet God said, you will offer an animal and the shedding of its blood will make atonement for your soul. It will mean that your sin can be placed upon that animal and your sin will be taken away. Oh, but wait a minute. A normal animal cannot bear away our sin, but God was speaking to the people and telling them, this is my method. This is what I'm going to do. I'm going to send a great Lamb, a great Redeemer, a great Deliverer, and He is going to be the one to bear our sin away, to bear your sin away. And so that doctrine of substitutionary atonement, that's a big word, but that simply means that there would be an innocent victim that would step in the place of those of us who are guilty. And that's exactly what Christ did when He went to the cross. He stepped into our place. And so all of those Old Testament sacrifices, the way God was communicating to His people, they were pointing to the Lamb of God that will bear away 
the sins of the world. Now we are told that the Word was made flesh. That's what John says in his chapter, in the first chapter. We also know that the life of every human being, the life of the flesh, is in the blood. If you lose the blood out of your body, you will die. The life of the flesh is in the blood. And it's very interesting that the root word for blood, the root word for flesh, is good tidings or good news. And how interesting is that? Because that's exactly the same meaning of the word gospel. It is good news. And so, when Jesus was made flesh, when He took on a body, that was good news toward all who have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And when He shed His blood for us, it means that we have hope. We have hope in this life and we have hope for eternity. But there's even something more because there's another word in the Old Testament in Psalm 68, verse 11. It says, The Lord gave the word. Great was the company of them that published it, that advertised it. And that word publish also goes back to the very same root word that means good news. And so as people are publishing good news, they're speaking out a great message. Is there any greater message that can be told to a lost world? But there is one that has come. There is one that has been born. There is one that has been born, come from God, who will bear away all of our sins. Oh, my dear friends, today, this is a great news and the gospel news that is good, that is such good news that we cannot keep it hidden. We must speak it out far and wide. We're thinking in this first thought this morning about the wonder, the amazement of God be, being made a man. And we ask a question, how could that be? How can you have the eternal God contained in human flesh? How could He have taken upon Himself a real human body and not just for a little time, but He has done this for now all eternity? For from the time He was born in Bethlehem, from the time the Logos, the Word, became flesh, He continues to be both God and man for the rest of eternity. Friends, this is something that is so wonderful, so amazing. And why did He do this? He did this so that He could save us from our sins. He did this, my dear friends, because He loves you with an everlasting love. And He has given His life in order that we might have a relationship with God forever and forever. In Hebrews chapter 1, we have this word. It says, "...who from, or who being the brightness of His glory and the express image of His person." 
the writer of Hebrews is conveying something of the depth of what it meant for Jesus, who is God, who was made a human being, and yet Christ is the express image of the Father in heaven. The word person here in that verse of Scripture is a Greek word that is hypostatus. And I give that to you because the word means the essence or the substance of the being. So when Jesus is said to be of the express image of the Father, it is a word that means He is of the same essence, the same being. He is of the same substance of the Father. And so Christ Jesus is God the Son. He is not a created being. He is God of very God. And this is something that is called the the hypostatic union, which is simply a phrase that tries to capture what it means that God became a man. You're dealing with the nature of God taking on the nature of human flesh. This is a great wonder, my dear friends, today. It is something that goes beyond our comprehension. So when we think about the Christmas story, and boys and girls, when you think about what it means to celebrate Christmas and to have the wonder of the baby Jesus in the manger of Bethlehem, don't forget that it is God who became a baby in order that we might have eternal life. One theologian put it this way. He said, if the human nature of Christ was not derived from the same stock as ours, but merely resembled it, there exists no such relation between us and Him as is necessary to render His mediation available for our good. Oh, all that means, he is looking at more detail that if Jesus did not take on our own human nature, then He could not have represented us. He could not have represented and been a mediator for us between God and men, the man, Christ Jesus. And when the Holy Spirit overshadowed Mary and the Messiah was conceived in her womb, the seed or the egg of the woman was so sanctified by the Holy Spirit so to make the human vessel of the Son of God absolutely pure not contaminated with any of the sin of Adam's sinful line. When all is said and we try to comprehend what this means, we all have to stand back in great amazement and we stand back in wonder of God taking on a human body and yet continuing to be both God and man in two 
distinct natures, and yet one person forever and forever. Please notice, in the second place, there was the great willingness of the Lord, the willingness of the Word to be made flesh. The word made in our text actually is the word that can be translated, He became. So we could read that again. And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. And so there's a distinction or understanding there that it's important to emphasize because the Word, the Son of God, was not forced to do something that was against His will. No, He willingly, He became of His own perfect will. And it's so important to emphasize the willingness of the Savior to take such a huge step for our salvation. Burkhoff, in his theology, he wrote this, the incarnation was not something that merely happened to the Logos, the Word, but was an active accomplishment on his part. Oh, he did it with all his heart. He did it so willingly. And the Scripture confirms this because we think so often about Jesus being sent from the Father. And John 6.38 tells us that. Jesus said, I came down from heaven. He willingly came. And yet Galatians 4 said that God sent His only begotten Son. And so yes, the Father does the sending. And Christ Himself willingly as the Son came down. It's also fascinating to know that the word dwell in our text, it means to encamp or to set up a tent. It's the same word that is used of tabernacle in the Old Testament. And so the tabernacle was a symbol of protection. It was a symbol of God communing with or being with His people. And so, it was in the tabernacle where God met with Israel. He met with His people. He dwelt among them and with them. The cloud by day, the fire by night. And in the very special presentation of the mercy seat, the Holy of Holies, where God said specifically, there I will meet with you the place where the blood had been shed, the atoning blood. Yes, my dear friends, as we think about the Word coming to tabernacle among us today, Christ has come to dwell with us. I wonder, friend, this morning, do you dwell with Him? Do you know what it means to tabernacle with Jesus? Are you abiding in Him? Are you abiding under His protection and the covering for your sin? If you're not, 
Today I would encourage you, don't delay. Don't put it off. Now is the accepted time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. And the Lord has opened that door and that way for you. Don't we often take things for granted in our life? Sometimes we feel either because it's our right to have something or because we, we just think that that's just the way it always has been and there's no reason for it to be any different. And sometimes we can treat the gospel of the Lord Jesus and the message of the birth of Christ in sort of a careless way. But it's so important for us to be reminded, to come back to our foundations again and to realize that if we have familiarity with such a thing, if we take it for granted, oh, we lose out so much of the great wonder of what Jesus did for us in Bethlehem, of His willingness to come. Yes, we dwell on the wonder of the birth of the Lord, the wonder of God coming down, and we think about His willingness to be bone of our bone and flesh of our flesh. In light of all this, my friends, don't ignore the Lord in your life. Don't put Him off or shut Him out, but trust in Him. Call upon Him. Believe in Him today. What about the humility of the Word being made flesh? In the book of Philippians chapter 2, it said that Jesus made Himself of no reputation. He emptied Himself. He emptied Himself of so much in order to take on our flesh. We often speak about a great step of His condescension when the Lord took on human form. But can we understand really what that means? No, I don't think we fully can. We can sometimes try to have an illustration. What does that mean? Well, if you could imagine yourself, your mind, your will, your soul, all that you are, could you imagine yourself becoming a mosquito or a fly or a worm? Could you stop and think for a moment what that would mean for you as an individual? And yet even that is so insufficient to describe what God the Son did when He came down to be born, to be joined and united to the egg of a woman in her womb. That was God in all His fullness taking on humanity. The humility of all this. Friends, let us never count this a light matter, but in our own hearts and prayer, in our worship of the King, let us come back time and time again to think upon this great and amazing truth. There's a quote on the screen behind me from Robert Murray McShane. 
I want to read it for you and you follow along. Christ did not gain one perfection more by becoming man, nor could He lose anything of what He possessed as God. The almightiness of God now moved in a human arm. The infinite love of God now beat in a human heart. The unbounded compassion of God to sinners now glistened in a human eye. God was love before, but Christ was now love covered over with flesh. And He did that all, friends, for us. The wonder of the Word made flesh, the willingness of the Word made flesh, the humility that is involved in this that we can somehow comprehend. And all of this was done in order that you and I can have hope in our day, hope in our time, and hope for eternity in order that we might be brought out of the prison house of our own sin and released and given liberty, set free without guilt, without any potential wrath falling upon us because all that we deserved from God the Father, friends, it all fell upon Christ. He took all our sin upon Himself. Christ has appeared and made a way of salvation when there was no other way. You see, when God said to Adam, in the day you eat of that fruit, you will die, that was a death that was comprehensive. It was far-reaching. It was a death that meant eternal death and separation from God forever. And yet the Lord, in His sovereign love, He made a way for us to be united to Him again. And the only way was the way of the Gospel. The only way was the way through Bethlehem. The only way was the way through Calvary and the cross. Oh, my friends, today, if you have peace with Him, and your sins have been forgiven, rejoice with joy that is unspeakable and full of glory, and be thankful. Man, in our own sinful condition, we are, we are full of fear, guilt, desperation. There, there's no hope at all. And there is no hope apart, apart from the Lord Jesus. And the God-man was willing to suffer and to die for our salvation. How wonderful, John Flavel said, how wonderful a comfort it is that He who dwells in our flesh is God. Christ was born, became a man, lived a holy life, and suffered an atoning death and rose from the grave. And today, friend, He lives in the power of an endless life, and He is coming back 
to this world again. And He is coming back to receive His people to Himself. And I leave with you today the very urgent need for you to repent of your sin and call upon Christ as your Savior. Because, friend, if you delay, you put off, you say, not today, some other time maybe. I'll get right with God when I'm old. I'll get right with God when I feel better about it. But the problem is you don't know what a day will bring to you. You don't know, friend, when your life will be over and your book will be closed. And if you deny Christ in your life and reject Him to the day of your death, there is no hope for your soul in eternity. So now is the opportunity. Now is the day of salvation. Now is the time. And God has given to you the opportunity. If the Lord has been speaking to your heart, you can pray, dear friends, right where you are. You can ask the Lord, Oh, precious Jesus, come into my heart, forgive me of my sin, cleanse me from all my sin, and become my Savior. And when you pray that prayer of faith, the Lord has promised that He will hear and He will forgive. We're going to close our service this morning by singing number 88, O come all ye faithful, joyful and triumphant. And if you know the Lord, you'll be able to sing this with your heart. And friend, if you are thinking about that today, then pray right now where you are, Lord, I want to be found faithful before you today. Let's stand please as we sing number 88.
Father, we exalt the name of our Lord and Savior, and we lift him up today with all our hearts. And I pray, Father, that every believer, we would never take this great wonder and truth for granted, but every day, Lord, our hearts will be lifted in thanksgiving and worship. Father, speak today, we pray, to every soul outside of Christ, whether in this building or watching online. And I ask, Lord, that you would do this work for time and for all eternity. Hear our prayer. We ask these things now in Jesus' holy name. Amen.